0: Welcome to the 15 minute juice, where we discuss physical therapy, rehabilitation, return to sport after injury, training, and all things fitness, while also answering burning daily questions, broach the juiciest weekly topics, and educate the masses on the proper algorithm for optimizing their lifestyle. It's fast, it's concise, it's informative, it's
1: juicy. All right, Dr. Dr. Mike, how we doing? There we go. Hey, listen, we got the uh, question of the day today. Uh, So let's get right into it. Uh, Question today is, when does your kid stop limping? My 14-year-old son is still limping, and he's five months post-op. Has this become a habit now? Question mark.
0: So um I'm assuming this is like an ACL or meniscus or something. This is an ACL, correct. Um, a <clears throat> couple things could be happening there. If he didn't, you know, restore proper mechanics before the surgery, um, and maybe, you know, was limping around. Um, that could be a little bit of a habitual thing. Um, so there's what's going on before the surgery has to happen. Um you know, and if there were uh, any issues with tightness or something that could have caused that too. And he didn't fully restore that before the surgery. But usually, I mean, the surgeons would not do the surgery until you have the full mobility, but there's always, there's always some external factors there. Maybe, you know, um, some swelling, things like that. Um, or maybe, you know, the mobility to begin with was a problem as to what could have caused part of the injury there anyway. But uh, post-op, It could be from, you know, being in the brace and walking and, um, not feeling comfortable every time that knee starts to hit into that, uh, extension range, you get a little bit of discomfort. So it's natural to avoid that. So you start altering your gait pattern and trying to walk with a slight little bend in the knee. Um, your body's naturally going to, you know, avoid that. Think about every time you took a step and you felt discomfort in your knee, you would try to avoid that. Um, also could be you know a neuromuscular control thing where you know the full extension control wasn't restored you know so you might be able to stretch the knee um and get that range of motion you know into you know zero degrees extension but then when they're walking they're actually not doing it into that full extension because there's a difference between the range of motion and then also the neuromuscular control so it um Yeah, it could be a combination of both or it could just be something where maybe both are there, but we just have to train that one little habit, you know, out of the patient, um, you know, making them aware of it. And, uh, you know, we actually had that with someone we were treating, Joe. They were just doing that out of a habit when they were walking. Out of the brace, the motion was good. And they're doing the exercises, they were able to demonstrate full extension with them when they would walk. It was just like a thing that they did. They also kind of had a little lazy shuffle walk to themselves. So they, you know, that was kind of part of their, just their natural demeanor. So I had to kind of coach them out of that. Um, uh, wh- you know, wh- what do you, what's your take? What are you thinking?
1: Well, I was going to ask you, what are, what are some ways that you would go about um, correcting that? Well,
0: you know, there's, you know, some of the simple ones everybody knows is like the standing terminal knee extension against a band. Um, that's an isolated position, you know, there's, you know, walking backwards against resistance to try to promote that extension, you know, um, there's also, you know, cueing with some simple things like you could even do a prone knee extension in a plank position. So when they're down on the, on the plank position, or even if it's on the table, you know, lift your knee, the front of your knee off the table and try to point it up to the ceiling. So just getting more aware of that. Um, And then also some single leg stance drills or even some split stance drills where they really have to drive the back leg into extension and drive that heel down while the other knee is bent forward just to get them that kinesthetic awareness of extending and sometimes using some type of band or tactile feedback where they have to actually push the knee back into the bands or something to make them a little aware of that. Uh, There are are some simple, you know, gait training drills when they are walking the cue them with that. Um, sometimes you can even use some rock tape. you could tape them so the tape goes around the knee and you know it cues them to pull into extension so if they don't fully extend the tape will pull. Um, you can be real creative with that and however you want to do it making across the knee joint. Just going so to get a little bit of that feedback every time they walk to hit that terminal extension at the terminal stance phase.
1: Perfect. Yeah. And you know, I've actually used the, uh, the terminal knee extension, um, facing forward where it re- it's right behind the knee and they're in a split squat position and they've come up out of that and gone into full extension on that front knee, really getting that, that quad to, you know, to really activate there. Um, some other ones I guess would be, um, uh, even, I mean, I've even done it from the side and just the focus there is just really getting them once they come up out of that position in that split squat is to just get them to, you know, uh, push that knee back, getting that that terminal knee extension there. But definitely some kind of band is always seemed to be an effective way, at least for me. Typically, I'm not really seeing that at five months. I think that most of the PTs have that corrected, you know, when, when they're coming to, especially, you know, if I got somebody coming from you, um, I don't typically see that much. Again, we did share that, that one patient and, um, we kind of corrected that pretty, pretty quickly. You know, we got on the same page there and there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a long period of time, but you know, when you get into the, the, uh, the mental side of it, like, uh, you know, what could that be mean if, if it was uh, a, a mental thing? How would, how would you kind of approach that then?
0: Um, usually the movements that you get them to do to build the confidence in doing that and getting them to feel stable in that position and reinforcing that, you know, um, every time that they hit that extension in a movement, you highlight that. And uh even showing them some visual feedback to get could video it or have them look in the mirror so they could see their knee in that position and understand what it looks like and where it's at. Um, you know, there's even some like wall, like basic runner type drills that you could do just in, um, you know, to help you know promote that hip extension, hip flexion pattern. But I think that there could be some other factors too <clears throat> that far out. There's still some extension. There could be, it could be a true range of motion loss where some people, you know, um, they're not, you know, they, they build up a lot of scar tissue. So um, needs- could that be
1: a cyclops lesion back there that that could be
0: doing that? Well, there could be some of that, and that would want to be caught early on. You know, if you start having a problem getting extension like way early, that should have been caught and addressed.
1: Right, right. I would think that at five months, that just seems like a long time for it to be going and and not being addressed. Yeah, but I mean, then
0: again, you know, if the athlete is in you know these facilities where the therapists are doing minimal hands on and just putting him in the corner doing exercise and stuff, then it's it's going to be overlooked and they're not going to think anything about it. And you have to really be hands on with that patient. And really working on that knee joint and seeing what it feels like and understanding that this is excessively tight, it's excessively painful. This is not presenting normal. Um, It doesn't really have a normal capsular feel or, you know, um, it doesn't feel like there's swelling limiting it. There's something going on there. And you want to be able to communicate with the surgeon early on. Be like, you know, this is seeming a little bit different. I want to be aware of that so they could get on it. And I mean, you know, worst case, they would image it or something just to take a look. Um, I'd rather do that than, you know, have a problem there, you know, but then there's also the factor of, you know, there are some people that do lay a lot of scar tissue down. So it's a stiffer, you know, stiffer knee. Um, so you have to be aggressive with it. And, you know, sometimes this is the first injury for uh, somebody at this age, you know, from anywhere from like 14 to 21 and uh, not everybody handles pain that well. So they might not, you know, like doing the stretching. They might not, you know, they want to avoid, doing that. And the only time I do is when they come into PT and it's like a fight to stretch them. But, uh, that's why, you know, they have some type of devices too, where it's not even like a, um, <clears throat> Dino splint or, or like a jazz splint. I don't think they're really using those as much anymore, but for the knee, they have something where it's like a low load, long duration stretch where it'll stretch the tissue over a long period of time, but at a low duration intensity, uh, I'm sorry, low intensity for long duration, um it's like called the extensorator um it was pretty popular because Adrian Peterson used it for his his ACL surgery and then it kind of blew up and I know guys like Kevin Wilk use it and promote it and sometimes there are some cases where they might need something like that uh to stretch it if they can't get anywhere so last thing you want to do is have to manipulate a knee you know on somebody that age um but you know and there's also the factor of you know, are they doing their stuff at home too? You know, are they stretching are they doing it or are they, you know, they sitting around, you know, and avoiding, you know, doing, it, or maybe just doing it once a day. So there's a lot of different factors there. So with those questions that come up, you know, we have to dive a little deeper to find a little more history as to what's going on. Um, but I mean, that definitely is a concern that, you know, at four or five months after you're still kind of, kind of limping there. You know, a lot of that should be improved.
1: Now, would there, would would you um, would you try some of the the uh, instrument assisted soft tissue work? Would that would that be something that you would try to to do to help with that? You can. I mean, you can assess. You'd want to assess that knee and see what it feels like. You know, is
0: there soft tissue tension there? So, you know, if you can't straighten that knee passively to get the range of motion, so that knee joint won't go into that range of motion when you're trying to move it as well as when they're moving. So you know there's some type of restriction there. You want to assess, is there hamstring guarding? Is a joint tightness? But if you could get that knee straight when you push on it, and they could do it themselves on the table, but then they're doing it when they're walking around, they're avoiding that extension, that's a motor control. So you wouldn't do any of that hands-on stuff. You really want to just facilitate that with movement um, retraining. It's just a uh, neuromuscular dysfunction. They have to learn how to just re-engage that that, that pattern again, because they're definitely not going to get back to running or any of that other stuff until they get that, those mechanics down.
1: And what would that progression look like once they got that down? What for, uh, trying to get back into running? Yes.
0: Well, uh, I like to really start with, you know, assessing what they look like on a treadmill. If they, um, I've never been on a treadmill before, they don't feel comfortable, you could always assess it through a video and then running towards you from the side and the back. Any type of video feedback you get in slow motion, see what the mechanics look like when they're running. So just see what that looks like first of all and see what's going on there and then work on correcting any of those movement patterns, what's happening at the, you know, the foot, the knee, uh, and the hip and breaking down each of those positions and training those, I would would start with a stable position. Then I would, you know, start with uh, loading it a little bit more, maybe with weight or velocity. Um, And then trying to, you know, improve, you know, increase the demand such as like a plyometric, like landing on it, you know, the sort of jumping and stuff like that. And then when they could go through all those progressions of those movement patterns. So take this like a single leg squat. Can you single leg squat regular? Can you do it on an unstable surface? Can you do it with extra weight? Then can you do it fast, repetitively, and under fatigue? And then can you do it when you have to, you know, produce, uh, you know, impact and explosive control? So, you know, jumping and landing, that all looks good. Then we could definitely talk about running because that's all running is. It's just constantly rebounding off of one leg. So that's how I would do that progression. And that's really where a lot of the population of what we're treating um, is really deficient in. It's all this foundational stuff. Um, so again, you know, there could be a situation where the kid is still limping and we have parents and the kid asking, well, when can I get back to the field? And, uh, that's a huge gap that we have to educate and fill them in on that. We got a lot of work to do first before we even get back to the field there.
1: Wow. And that's your 15 minute juice. That's right. I'll tell you what. So this is what we're doing so that people are aware this 15 minute juice is going to be 15 minute segments of questions that, that we have uh, mainly on the ACL because that, that's our, our big target. Uh, But this can be, you know, any injury, but um, what we're going to do is we're going to ask Mike a question and we're going to have about a 15 minute discussion on these things. And, uh, you know, these are going to be kind of a spin-off of our podcast that we're doing, but this is really to, you know, highlight Mike and the the skills that he provides as a doctor of physical therapy. So um, this is our first episode of the 15-minute juice. So um, you all be prepared because this is going to be juicy. I like Mike, Thank you for your time, man. Appreciate it. All right. Until the next time. Till the next time. All right. Later.